Ahoy there, dead and lovely listeners, and welcome to the newest installment of Ill Ultimo Podcast. Here with the hostess, the most is me, your tired buddy, Uncle Ben. Is this the cocksucker residence? Hollywood Oh Steve. my god, the obscenity, the obscenity <laughs> on this guy, on my co-host here. Good lord, back it up, sir. Keep it clean. You know, I heard you were wide awake, and you have a ton of energy, so I thought I'd come in a little bit hot. Okay, I see, I see. Yeah, keep it on my level, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I dig it, matching that energy. And uh, it's a good thing you're doing that, because today we are talking about one surreal mom. Surreal Very surreal mom. mom. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very surreal. Very, mm-hmm. yeah. There's, uh, drippy clocks. Oh, yeah. And, uh-huh. um, There's d- long desert landscapes. Spindly-legged elephants. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She has a, a green apple in front of her face. Absolutely. All kinds of surreal things. Mm-hmm. If you want to get straight on to us talking about that surreal mom, you can use the timestamp in the podcast description, but you're going to miss the hanging out and the chin wagon, what comes before that. So, you know, you just make up your mind. You do what you want to, but I'm just saying, I mean, probably are to stick around. The good choice is to stick around. That's that's all yeah. we're saying. So there you that's go. That's what the pros do. I mean, if you're an uh, amateur, yeah. maybe you oh, skip to the movie review. Oh, I'm an amateur podcast listener. Oh, get to the movie review. Oh, what's the score? I need to know if I'm going to watch it. That's you. Ooh. That's Ooh. you. I'm a first-time podcast listener. Ooh, be easy on me. Just get straight to the movie. Ooh, I can't stand the foreplay. Ooh, that's how I talked when I was a virgin. Is that right? um, Yeah, 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 before I lost my virginity, or rather gained my unvirginity. That is how I talked a lot. Everything was kind of followed by ooh, ooh. I like to think of it as gaining your unvirginity. You're not losing anything. You're not losing shit. Yeah. You're getting laid. That's right. Yeah, it's getting cool. Yeah, life is starting to get cooler, I'm uh-huh. pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to look at it. Listen, we're revolutionizing the way you think about virginity. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're here to do. Everybody tunes into Horror Podcast, just that kind of thing right there, for sure, man. How are you doing this week, dude? Great. Uh, just, boy, I'll tell you what, it is hotter than hell up here. Yeah, they say that, I think, everywhere on Earth right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hotter than hell on earth that's something yeah. where it's like oh you can't escape the hot that's not no. not scary at all pretty much everywhere it's gonna be hot man you know weirdly Ooh. enough this summer in tennessee has not been that bad like it's yeah. been it's been really humid it's been pretty hot but like last summer when it got up to like 108 fucking degrees right. around this time of year like it's not been anywhere near that i don't think we've been over a hundred. Um, but man, we have had really bad air quality still from dang yeah. old Canada not putting the fires out because they, <laughs> they ain't got no firefighters want to work up there. I didn't know Biden's reach extended all the way up into Canada. Ain't nobody want to work no more. Put them fires out, Canada. Pour some syrup on them. Right? Do something already. Get go to go to Tim Hortons and get all the coffee and, and pour it out on the fire. It still works like water. All right. This has been Peepaw Eller's Politics Corner. Get over it, Libble. You know? Fuck your feelings. Fuck your fire, Canada. Fuck your fire. Fuck your fire. That is, uh, listen, that is uh, a sentiment I feel like literally everyone can get behind, including the Canadians. 
fuck your fire mm. uh yeah fuck your fire man mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah it's been a uh, pretty nasty air quality here but uh yeah like i said it actually hasn't been that bad hot oh yeah well uh <laughs> we've we, it's, it's been uh, a little sweltering up here some well on the bright side for you dang old pacific northwest yankees over here that just means you can go out on your front porch with your marijuana pot cigarette uh-huh. and it just plum lights itself because it's so hot outside right. then you can you can you could do your hail satans while you smoke your weed you yeah. didn't even work to light listen you're describing what we've been up to this past week so what have you been up to? describing a pretty good day yeah. honestly it sounds like a pretty good day if i could just step out onto my porch in the morning a joint lights itself and i can do some hail satans i could use i could use a couple of those i'm fucking roasted dude yeah. i am so fucking shot right now like i don't i don't mean to be mr debbie down or anything i've got to try to put on a a fun face for the cast because i'm hilariously exhausted right now um it has just been uh it has been a a month of a week it's been a year of a month i'm pretty sure wow it's been a week of a day even uh i am i am just fucking exhausted it has been so so very busy lately um like so busy in fact that like i was going through my notes of uh-huh. like hey what did i watch this week that i can talk about on the show literally nothing wow literally nothing i haven't Wowzers. watched anything i think that kate and i watched like a couple episodes of supernatural at some okay. point in there, there you go. that's about it uh-huh. i had a um i had a big ass uh, guest yacht rock show playing guest bass with old smooth sailor oh um, okay this Rad. weekend which was awesome it was a big old voyage of yacht rock basing and uh, i put up a video about it on my channel so trying to get all that stuff edited and all that stuff we got a trip coming up here really soon that i'm trying to get ahead on for um you know for work stuff and all that jazz so i've been putting in double time to try to get ready for that stuff so i've been working my ass off learning all those tunes because that shit's hard dude soft rock fucks hard i'll tell you that (laughs) that's what i hear you've told me that before yeah yep yep and then like after that we uh we did some overnight babysitting for some friends yeah it's got a couple of youngins running around they was out of town we were watching their kids and uh, and we had a big time. We did a lot of chalk drawings, and we made buttered noodles, wow. and uh, read bedtime stories, and the and the whole nine yards. I'll tell you what, like as somebody who doesn't have kids and doesn't plan on having kids, uh-huh. even spending time with really great kids as these two are, we love these kids to death. They're fantastic, right? It's exhausting. Yeah, Parents, it's I don't lot. know how you guys do anything. I literally don't I know no how idea. you do anything. Superhuman. I have no clue. No idea. It's insane. Couldn't do it. It really honestly is. Like, whenever people that have kids are also accomplishing other things. What? How? I'm like, okay, so where's the where's the time turner, right? <laughs> like, you have Hermione's time turning apparatus for sure. There's just no way yeah i mean it is fucking exhausting even when they're awesome like i can't even imagine you know like my mom dealing with fucking two eller boys with damn gasoline in their veins running around the house being all (laughs) fucking yahoos and heathens Uh i can't even imagine what that base operating level of fatigue was like uh so yeah parents y'all tough yeah y'all fucking tough probably crazy too a little bit but real tough yeah real tough if you're if you're gonna have kids, you gotta be tough. That's what the that song says, right? I'm not tough. I ain't tough. That's <laughs> I what I figured I am out. Not like, either. Nope. <laughs> That's why I got the old snip snip. But that is not interested. That's a lot. Yeah, when I, I've I've done uh, a huge amount of babysitting, and uh, 
I mean, I love it. Love kids to death. But boy, I'll tell you what, after about eight hours, it's like, okay, <laughs> I'm about to hit the old dusty trail. Dude, it's it's a lot. And like yeah. I said, these are amazing, awesome kids. They're not even the bad ones. Yeah. Can you imagine mm-hmm. if you got like the bad ones? Oh, gosh, Holy dude. shit. Uh, I can't. Uh, raising myself? Man. No way. I'll tell you what. Dude, I'm, I'm enough mm-hmm. as it is, dude. Yeah. Fuck, man. <laughs> I got to be me. Imagine having to deal with me. It sucks. Oh, my God, man. Yeah. So, yeah, parents, y'all strong. Yeah. Y'all hella strong. Badass. Uh-huh. 100%. Oof. What about you? You watch anything? Oh, man, yeah, we, we watched a few things, not too much, but uh, got down to a little Pineapple Express. Okay, continuing on your, your yep. stoner comedy romp, I see. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Pineapple Express, um, uh, fine. I'm not, like, blown away by it. See, but- I remember whenever, whenever we watched it in theaters, whenever it came out, I was, like, really stoked about it, and I remember watching it and being like, it's fine. And that's about it. Like, I don't remember much else about it. I mean, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's, that's it. it. It's yeah. fine. It's nothing uh, super special. But, I mean, uh, Danny McBride. I, I think maybe Danny McBride in that is one of the big highlights. But, yeah, it's fine. Uh, but we did watch Weird, the Al Yankovic story, and that's fucking awesome. Oh, my God. 10 out of 10. Uh-huh. How good is it, dude? It's so fantastic, good. right? It's so good. Yeah, we saw that it... Uh, he got nominated for all those awards, and we were finally like, fuck, we should just watch it. Like, we'd been intending to watch it. So, um, yeah, it's great. Uh, love it's, everything it's so genius, about it. man. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the fact that, you know, in true form to his art, it is a parody of his own story. Yeah. Like, it is a parody of music documentaries. Right. Like, and I also love, too, how that is further, you know, keeping the mystique kind of shrouded as far as like, what really is his story? Uh, I think that's so fucking cool, man. So good. Uh, I mean, you you can get his story. It's not. It's like he he grew up in California. His parents were supportive. They love him. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, he's just a good dude. So yeah, the, making the story so over the top and so ridiculous. I mean... I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen it because it is new-ish. Um, it's so good. Oh it's my God. so good. Definitely watch it. I had a blast. I'll tell you, it really like brought it back to my head as far as like how much, you know, of the of the outside world of pop music I was exposed to just through Weird Al's music because yeah, I was definitely uh-huh. not gonna be like bringing home a Madonna CD or oh, something back yeah, in the day. Okay. But like a surgeon, that I could bring home. Oh right. Oh right. I was like, wait, why wouldn't you bring home Madonna? Because your mom would right? not let you. <laughs> yeah, that's no, right. Huh? <laughs> uh, nope. Yeah, exactly. That's that's. Uh, I, I've I've met so many people who their first introduction to a lot of songs was the Weird Al parody as a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I I that is not uh, what happened with me. I remember my brother got the first Weird Al tape. So like, um. There are a lot of like you know songs. Uh, he's got some original stuff on that first tape, but you got I think like was it was Yoda on that one? I think the I had like another one rides the bus. Another one rides the bus, and those were songs I knew. So Lola yeah. and and another one bites the dust and stuff. But like I I uh, yeah definitely grew up a, a Weird Al kid. Um, yeah, and thought I grew out of it, <laughs> but like um, then later you know hearing weird al on comedy bang bang and he was then the band leader on the show for a couple seasons 
Um, it reminded me, like, yeah, Weird Al's a great guy. He's really funny. I have, I, I've been intending to rewatch UHF. Um, oh yeah, dude. Yeah, but I, I haven't rewatched that in, in quite a while. But that, as a kid, was just so fucking silly and fun. Did you get to watch that movie as a kid? No, I watched it as like a as a teenager. It was like in my late teens, I think, when I saw that for the first time, and and I loved it. And it was weird too because I had the the UHF cassette. Oh, uh-huh. you know, yeah. like my my entire childhood. Like I remember right. getting that cassette for like Christmas over at my mamaws and stuff. Uh-huh. And, uh, really, really enjoyed it. But I also was like confused by the way that that record had like some of the commercial snippets in there, like Gandhi Two, right? Where it's like uh-huh. it's not it's not a song; it's like a little skit. Uh-huh. And there was like sound effects and shit like that. It's like I didn't really understand what it was, and it's like, oh, that's something that is a bit in the movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I I really had a blast. Um, it made me want to watch something else ridiculous and over the top so we watched mcgruber i've never seen mcgruber dude never seen it i've heard it's so good though on watching mcgruber mcgruber is so fucking funny i was laughing my ass off i mean you're talking about will forte and Kristen wig uh fucking that's a hell of a recipe for a good start yeah yeah and then val kilmer as the villain and uh yeah ryan Philippi as their like uh uh third part of their group i I think he had been the third guy in their group in one of the sketches or something and they went with that in in the movie and it works great They, they got great chemistry it's really funny um i think it's on stars or something not sure uh but yeah Definitely check out McGruber. It's so funny. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, less on the funny side, though, there is some funny moments. Uh, we've also been continuing our David Lynch uh, watching, and we watched <laughs> Wild at Heart. Dude, those movies are a laugh riot if you're insane. <laughs> there are funny moments in Wild at Heart. They're definitely Which like, was Wild at Heart. I've uh, not seen that. Okay, one. so um, it's Nick Cage and Laura Dern. Um, and fucking, oh shit, uh, what's his name from goddamn the lighthouse? Uh, oh, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Willem Dafoe, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, they're, they're um, I don't know, like, it, it's kind of a Bonnie and Clyde story, but also, if you're watching it and you've seen True Romance, you're going to end up looking up when true romance came out and when wild art came out because there's no some, shit some similarities some some similarities very interesting similarities um who did it first then um uh, well david david lynch's movie came out first but i believe uh quentin tarantino had been shopping around the true romance script around the same time that that was made so just similar thinking basically um, but it, it's, it's, I mean, wild at heart is definitely like, um, it's got, it's got some real brutal shit in it. Um, and, and, and is still very lynchy. Um, but it might be more accessible than, than a lot of other lynch. I mean, inland empire is far less accessible. 
uh, I, I think Dune is probably even less accessible than Wild at Heart. So definitely check I've out. I've been wanting Wild to watch Dune here lately, man. That, it's great. That's like been popping. Up, I love I think it on Netflix. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. The the original Dune, I love. I have not watched the new one. Still need to have get you on not? that. Really need to get on that. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It's, um, listen, I'm spending my time on important things like watching Alligator on Friday night. Yeah, that's right. Last week I said on Sunday night we watched Alligator 2. Well, on Friday night on the last drive-in on the old screaming chat, uh, old Joe Bob showed Alligator. <laughs> so You don't say. Yeah, we got a little rewind action just like your, your Becky viewing. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, doing it in reverse. Three yeah, yeah. Flip it and reverse it. it that, well, I call that Slater stop. Slatering a movie is when you yes, watch them backwards. Yes. So we Slater. You think AC Slater's favorite movie is probably um, probably irreversible? Do you think oh, he loves God. that movie because it's backwards? Oh, oh no, Slater. <laughs> He's always wanting to watch irreversible yeah. all the time. Oh, Slater, don't Slater, don't do it. <laughs> no, uh, uh, no. But this was great because uh, Alligator is great. If you haven't seen Alligator, watch Alligator. I'm not. It's really good. Um, and then on. Um, what you call it, uh, Sunday night on the ice cream Sunday, we watched Amityville, The Evil Escapes, which is the fourth Amityville. Um, a lot of retread of the first movie. A um, lot of, lot of, a lot of fucking finger blasting. Not, not finger fucking, <laughs> but fingers getting fucked up. Oh, really? Yeah. Some finger torture in there. Okay, yeah, so, I got you, I got you. I, we called it finger blasting. <laughs> That's what I like to call, like, fretboard exercises and yeah, stuff. Yeah, finger like, blast. Whenever you got some cool, you know, like, uh, chromatic drill or something, it's like, <laughs> check this finger blaster out, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, also, we we uh, started a rewatch of the X-Files just because. Nice. Um, and God damn it. Whoo, buddy. I love that show. Just love Man, it. Even the bad episodes you know are good. Honestly, I think whenever we're done watching through Supernatural, because yeah. that has been just kind of our, our perpetual uh-huh. watch here, because there's so fucking many seasons of it. Right. Um, which and, and I've been enjoying it so much, man. But, you know, it is very much like a Monster of the Week right. kind of show, too. Maybe after we finish that up, maybe I move back onto the X-Files, because you we should. started it years ago years yeah. and years ago mm-hmm. uh i had never watched any of it before oh and really we watched like several seasons of it and i was really digging it and then we just did that thing that we do sometimes where, where we stop. just yeah no stop i know i know yeah. how that is yeah I-, I was saying that the other day about damn um what's it squid game or whatever i was like i was really enjoying that show just quit watching it i don't know why i do that sometimes <laughs> I mean, maybe you just got the point, right? Or it's like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't have to keep watching The game's this. not be... fun. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> yeah, not a good game. Got it. He wants to believe. All right. Well. Got it. <laughs> oh, you know what? Shit. I just remembered something because you were talking about the X-Files. It got me thinking about David Duchovny. We did watch one movie this week. Oh, you did? what it was yeah after we got back from babysitting them kids we uh we flopped down on the couch with a bunch of food and we watched don't tell mom the babysitter's dead oh hell yes how how was it ex tina applegate Uh man and a whole bunch of other people in there that is uh 
That is a that is a great piece of just '90s cheese right there. That was a good time. It, I forgot how much of it isn't really about the babysitter being dead exactly. as much as it is about like a teenager gets a job. Right. Don't tell mom a teenager got a job is really a more apt title. Well, honestly. and the thing about it is that like I watched that as a kid, but then like I don't know. By the time I was 14 i had friends who had apartments and shit like in the 90s i knew teenagers who had their own places so uh, i don't know like it made it, it it's kind of like a it, it it caught an era it caught a little slice of time mm-hmm. where like that was a thing still because i mean that was pretty common in the 60s 70s etc like even even for 16 year olds to just get a job move out have their own place um but it, it was less common by then but still happening and I, I don't know i mean it happens now but when it happens now it's like seen as a tragedy right like oh shit well, they yeah. had to move out and get an apartment at 16 what the fuck well it's also just seen as like an amazement because it's like wait you have a job and you <laughs> yeah. can pay for an apartment <laughs> what, what at 16 what are you doing Killing What's the people? job are you fucking <laughs> kidding me yeah what are you doing yeah <laughs> no way anyway yeah that movie like we we recently watched it as well i i watched it a million times as a kid but like yeah like it also captures a real gross time of fashion and there's they Dude, smoke I love it. so much <laughs> okay the smoking is a little bit much yeah but yeah. a lot of that 90s ass fashion like the the metal kind of punk kids and shit oh, well, they're looking rad yeah i love it they're looking cool but like david duchovny's wearing that like gigantic jacket it looks oh, terrible dude. in it. Yeah, yeah, and like Christina Applegate's like business wear uh-huh. with her like super shoulders hideous, and stuff. Hideous, man. It's so ridiculous. Dude, like I do not understand that that look that people had in the 90s, men and women. It's like yeah. men would wear these oversized jackets where like the seams were like halfway down yeah, the, the fucking shoulder. Yeah, the drop shoulder. And, yeah, it's hideous. Oh, I hate it. Aw- it looks like buy clothes that fit you, dude. Like mm-hmm. did you lose a lot of weight and muscle mass? Like what happened? <laughs> did this used to fit you? Yeah, and then with the women, it's just like I know you're not shaped like that. Yeah. Your shoulders you do not sh- stick out that far. Are you wearing what's football going on? shoulder pads? Like what's going? That's on? what it looks like. Yeah, it's like fucking how Kanye looks now and some ah. of his get-ups and stuff. It's like, dude, we know you don't look like that. Right? Yeah, I, I man, it's um, yeah, <laughs> the fashion, and it's so funny that it's about fashion. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you're just watching it. And you're like, really? Why? Yeah. These are the yeah. people telling me about fashion. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. It was a fun watch, though, man. Yeah, definitely that's cool. enjoyed it. That's a good old crop of watches, man. Is that it for you? Yeah, yeah. That's all. That's all. Uh, we we've had time to watch this week, but boy, I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> went to movie madness to rent some movies last night. I'll tell you, uh, this is just a classic, classic issue that only can happen. At a movie rental store, I Ooh, okay. stupidly went to rent Coming to America, and I accidentally rented Coming to America. Because the okay. sequel is titled Coming to America. Oh, I what see. What the fuck? <laughs> I was right. like, Shit. oh, they have it on Blu-ray. Just grabbed it. Didn't even think. But it's <laughs> got, the new one. Got here, and it was the new one. I'm like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> have you watched it yet 
The new one? No. Well, I, I, uh, Anna hasn't seen the first one, so that we were going to watch the first God, one. that first yeah. one's so good. So man. good. That yeah. is still a fucking classic, man. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's... Uh, also, though, it's not a big deal. We can just take it back and replace it. Not not an issue, but it really was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I wouldn't have done this, I guess, on online if I was just searching for it. I would have been like, no, no, that's not the one, because it says 2022. <laughs> yeah whatever uh so yeah well but still movie madness rocks and speaking of video stores there's video store in this movie that's john waters real local video store what yeah it's cool stuff wow that's pretty tight man Mm -hmm. that's pretty tight there's a lot of things in this movie that are hella sick including one cameo from a little rock and roll band what is known as l seven is there not <laughs> yes yeah there are l7 just kicking ass like it, it it really is like a full song basically that they're playing and the action going on around is is not over uh overlapping uh the dialogue too much over the music it, it really does mm-hmm. get to like shine and i that just made me think of like so many other cool times when there have been cool bands playing it in movies um and boy i'll tell you what we should talk about them as we slide into the preview palace welcome to preview palace <laughs> yes fucking nailed gotcha it. yes got him got him got him now people are saying that this was the first time that a band ever appeared in a movie they people were saying they that. were saying that mm-hmm. who was they're saying who that. was this <laughs> Who said this? Yeah, I'm just telling you what I heard. Oh, okay. okay. People were saying People that. are saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people yep. were saying that. But they'd be wrong because oh, there's yeah. other times that bands have been in movies. Um, like, for example, for one, you ever seen an Ace Ventura Pet Detective? I have seen an Ace Ventura Pet Detective. And I've seen Cannibal Corpse in that. I believe Fuck playing yeah, yeah. Hammer Smash Face. I'm not sure. If I'm not mistaken, it is Hammer Smash Face. Yeah. And that is like a legendary moment. That's one it of is. those things that I remember that was a lot of people's like first exposure yeah. to Cannibal Corpse. And seeing like a death metal band, you know, in a, a, a huge blockbuster movie with a huge star like Jim Carrey in it was such a massive step, man. Right. Because you got to think, dude. Like, I feel like. You know, music with screamed vocals is way more common now. Like, oh, yeah, infinitely absolutely. more common now than, than ever. So, yeah. it's like back then, to have in a big ass movie blast beats and guttural screams yeah. and hammer smash faced, it was like, what the fuck yeah. are they doing? I can't believe they put that in a movie. I believe the story behind that was that Ace Ventura was a fan, and I think they were filming in Florida, which is, I believe, where Cannibal Corpse is, is normally based, uh, and just kind of came together. Uh, that's cool as hell. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. So here's the thing that I was going to ask you about, though, because this is like Mandela Effect stuff. I know a lot of people have memories of seeing White Zombie in Ace Ventura. Do they? Do you? Yes. Do you remember ever seeing that? Did that happen? I don't think so. <laughs> like, I meant to Google this before we started talking about it, but I remember talking to a lot of people back in the day that clearly remember there being a scene where he walks into a white zombie concert and gets in the pit and stuff. Um, and those two bands are not easily mistaken for each other. No, it's not like, it's like, not. no, it wasn't cannibal. It was deicide. It's, it's not really like that. It's, 
that's a, there's a very different kind of bands and stuff. But I want to know if anybody out there has memories of seeing this, or perhaps if there was some other movie around this time that had White Zombie in I mean, it that White, people are confusing. White Zombie is on the soundtrack for the sequel, When Nature Calls. Okay, yeah. So maybe yeah. that, I don't know. But no, no, that is, that is very much Cannibal Corpse. So maybe this is one of them uh, Mandela effects, as you said. So, oh boy. Uh, what happened? Man. Who changed the Matrix or whatever? I know, right? Somebody's been hacking into the mainframe, dude, for sure. <laughs> My favorite cannibal song goes out to scourge of iron do you know that song no i don't think i do i may have heard it dude fuck man next time you're fucking uh you know picking up the heavies and putting them down before you pick them up again right. put on fucking scourge That'll of do iron it. Okay. it is bad as fuck that song rules okay uh another great example of a band appearing in a movie this is one that uh put this band Kind, like I already knew about them but like gave me the full image of who this band was and made me want to listen to them and that is when Guar appears in Empire Records and eats Todd <laughs> after he eats those pop brownies yeah, and he's uh-huh. all stoned yes. watching the TV and they invite him in oh my god dude see I remember seeing Guar through Beavis and Butthead I'm sure that's the story of a lot yeah, of people yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. around our age like I remember seeing him on that and being you know, obviously super young and being terrified and confused and was just right. like, I didn't know what the fuck I was looking at. It mm-hmm. was like looking at a nightmare, but yeah. I didn't realize that it's actually all really silly and this Very, is a bunch of like yeah. nerdy art students. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm saying is that Empire Records made me understand Guar. Like I had been exposed to Guar and seen like Guar videos, but I didn't get it until you see it's how silly it is in Empire Records, how silly that scene is. Just made me get like, oh, it's fun. They're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> They're just being right. silly dudes. They're not trying to be scary. Yeah. Yeah. I've played um I played a show with Guar in Boston. Oh, fuck. Which was fantastic. Rad. I mean not in not in Guar. I was yeah, playing right. you know, with, mm-hmm. with Unearth, but it was like a a huge show with a bunch of bands on it and man they are they're truly one of those bands dude that like they don't even really need to record their music like they just need to tour because right. people are gonna go see that everybody's show. gonna it's go like, see yeah yeah exactly it's about the show like have you ever met people that <laughs> we've like, talked about this before Guar? and yes we've talked about this okay. very thing before I thought so. and yes they're and, a type and we have listeners who said that they they actually do listen to guar so there are some but there yes. are some, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking it's about. A specific type, <laughs> yeah. But everybody should be the type that goes to see Guar. That's what absolutely, you do. yeah. It seems like a great experience. I, I do yes. think it's something I would like to do. I'm, I'm, boy, I'm not huge on going into crowded shows anymore, but that might be worth it. Well, I got to watch side stage and stay oh, like yeah, you know, that would be dry. Perfect. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, I, I think this was on that tour where they were like beheading uh, like Christina Aguilera and like Osama bin Laden and shit. I mean, this is probably like <laughs> 10 years ago, something like that. So all of that what? stuff was That's a hoot. Funny. And they were nice as fuck backstage. Yeah, too. Just super, cool. super nice guys. I also never realized, like, even though I watched Empire Records like a million times, um, I didn't realize until I watched that amazing Guar documentary, which is also totally worth a watch. I think it's on Shudder. Oh, right? okay. I think it's on there. I didn't realize that they had done that really weird edit because of dudes like huge dick loincloth thing he's wearing uh-huh. uh, as part of his costume. Like I somehow never noticed it. 
<laughs> That's really so funny. Weird. I haven't noticed it at all. I have to go back and see that now. Oh, no way, really? Yeah. Yeah, okay, like cool. all those scenes, you know, where where Todd's getting sucked into right. the TV and stuff. There's this really weird. Um, it almost looks like how they did like the effects for the Predator, where it's just like uh-huh. an image layered over and over and over and over. Right. You'll you'll know what I mean when you see it. But okay. like, Yeah, his entire like dick area is all blurred out. It's so strange. <laughs> okay, I got it. It's worth rewatching Empire Records just to check that out. Oh, yeah. Plus, that's still just a, a great movie. We it is still fun, not yeah. Not too long ago. Yeah, same. That's a fun moment. Mm-hmm. What about somewhere I might be able to see a zigzag top? Dude, this was something... Because um, I'm, I'm a ZZ Top fan. think they're great. Um, they they got, yes. got some really great music. Uh, and as a kid, my uncle was a huge ZZ Top fan. He was from Texas, and, and he had seen them a lot before they got huge, you know? Um, and... To see in Back to the Future 3, Back to the Future, one of my favorite franchises as a kid, to see ZZ Top show up at that Western, like, little uh, hootenanny they got going on, uh, playing instruments and spinning their instruments after the big showdown, well, the the initial showdown between Marty and, and, uh, what's his name? It's not Biff, but it is Biff. It's, oh, Mad Dog Tannen, that's right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that that to me was really cool because i knew i i recognized them and i wasn't i wasn't that old and I, and I wasn't like great at recognizing musicians yet even though watched a lot of mtv like i as soon as i saw them i was like that's easy top i was super excited fuck yeah man dude i still think i have only seen the third back to the future i think one time like i don't even remember them being in there because i think i've just seen it the one time i don't think it's a lot of people's favorites but i i do love it because it combines two things i love which is westerns and time travel so it's cool as hell to me but i understand also that you know it, it it doesn't reach the same heights as the first one for sure 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 man i, I do love some zz top though man like yeah. fucking eliminator dude like I, uh-huh. I know i should be really cool and say some of the earlier stuff and all that jazz and it was more raw and bluesy and i love that shit too man uh-huh. but back in the day we had that vinyl of eliminator man Rad. so i i think i like memorized every guitar solo on that album and could just hum yeah. from memory like way before i even started playing guitar like that's some of the first guitar playing i ever remember hearing was Ooh. eliminator and fucking songs like um yeah i got the six and obviously legs and sharp dress uh-huh. man and all yeah. that stuff every fucking song on that is so good and just burned into my memory hell yeah man i i think that like um you know <laughs> the i i really like the music but one of the main selling points for me and my cousins was the long beards we were just like <laughs> that's so cool uh, they're cool i don't know if you did this as kids but for some reason we associated long beards with being old obviously yeah, yeah. i always thought that zz top was old as fuck yeah I always thought that yeah. yeah so we just assumed that like there were these super old guys that rocked which we were like oh that's cool <laughs> that's even cooler well it's crazy too though because and i realized this whenever uh, myself and old RDM went and uh-huh. saw ZZ Top last year. Yeah. And I was like amazed. I was like, man, Billy Gibbons is old as fuck and he still sounds the same as he ever did. And I got to thinking about it and I was like, wait, 
I guess it's because he's always sounded old as fuck. Like, even when he was in his 20s, he sounded old. So it's like they had this old look with the long beards, and he sounded old anyway, so I think I just assumed they must be old. West Texas town. Yeah, that's yeah. old man voice Yeah, for sure. that's not a 20-year-old, so yeah, that, ain't that a makes young sense. Man. <laughs> fuck yeah, man. What if I wanted to see that fucking based slapping man himself, Mr. <laughs> Les Claypool. And yeah. Where might I go for that? The 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 man that every uh, uh, Gen Z loves because he is based and he is slapping. Yeah. <laughs> Les Claypool. Uh, Primus appears in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And yes. that was also around the time I had learned about Primus from probably Beavis and Butthead. But w- like... I think maybe a few videos had hit like 120 minutes or Headbangers Ball or something. So like, totally. I I already was like into Primus. So Bill and Ted is like th- those two movies I I loved as a kid, and oh, yeah. I think Bogus Journey was as a kid. I I haven't rewatched them in a while, but as a kid, I thought Bogus Journey was the better movie. And I think it might have to do with time, the, like the the future time travel. Like that was always something I liked a lot as a kid. Always cool. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I I was stoked to see Primus at that time. Um, still a Primus fan. I still listen to Primus pretty pretty regularly enough. I would say. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I fucking play bass, so it's like of yeah, course, you gotta. Of course, yeah. I listen to Primus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got a favorite uh, a favorite record of theirs? Are you a Sailing the Seas of Cheeseman? Uh, that that was like the uh, the major one to me back in the day. It yeah. probably still is the one that hits yeah. me the most. But yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. I, I mean, what was it? Pork soda, I think, was Pork probably soda, the first dude. one I was I was like really exposed to. But yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like sailing. I think is probably the overall best one in terms right. of the songs and stuff that are on there, but. Man, the the production and especially the bass tone on Pork Soda are uh, insane. Like that that bass tone that he has on that rad. is absolutely fucking bonkers. It's one yeah. of those things that like I I crave hearing that that sound. So it's like every now and then it's like I don't even necessarily want to listen to the songs, yeah. but I'll just put on um you know fucking Hamburger Train or some right. of those other tunes just to hear that bass tone because it's yeah. so fucking sick man and brown album is also kind of the same way the production on that is so weird and like earthy uh not necessarily objectively good but it's just so unique sometimes i just crave hearing the sound of that album yeah that is because i've seen les claypool live just doing a show as himself and he did a lot of experimenting even on stage and it was like it was cool it was interesting because he had this like bass that had been made with like a uh some it wasn't a whammy bar it was a a, an elk horn that like bent the body of the bass basically the wham the whamola thing that he uses right right yeah yeah and like just seeing him fuck around with that was really cool and interesting not something i would necessarily sit and listen to oh yeah, (laughs) yeah totally totally but you know people on drugs they love anything easy to please (laughs) it's true (laughs) <laughs> easy to please it's true <laughs> what if i wanted to hear one of my least favorite constantly out of tune not that great 
uh, 90s punk bands in a movie? What if I wanted to hear The Offspring <laughs> in a feature film? Uh, gotta go ahead and agree with you. Not a huge Offspring fan, uh, though I think Smash has some hits. Um, but if you wanted that exact thing, along with uh, uh, you know uh, Jessica Alba being cute, and uh, uh, maybe a little Seth Green in there, Maybe a little de- yeah, so give Devin and take. Sawa. We'll give and take action. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might check out Idle Hands because uh, the Offspring play. The, they're the prom band or whatever. That's like a movie trope, but I don't know that that happens. In it. Like, <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> don't right. they just normally get a DJ? <laughs> Definitely not at homeschool prom. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Definitely not a thing. Your dad just uh-uh. hits play on the the cassette tape, and you ask your mom. Probably to on dance. ZZ Top Eliminator. Probably, <laughs> you know. It's like, well, it's what we got, man. It's what yeah. we got. Yeah, an Offspringman. Uh, I'm not, uh, and I've not seen Idle Hands. I remember that's one that you, you watched pretty def- recently, and you said I'd like it. Yeah, yeah, I I loved it back in the day. Rewatched it again, just seeing if it still holds up i think it does i think it's it's really good it's it's a it's a halloween movie as well too so Ooh, okay. if you're looking now for a, a new halloween movie to watch this october uh that's definitely where to watch idle hands it's it's fun yeah and speaking of halloween i've been kind of like trying to retrain my um my instagram recommended algorithm right by like i i saw actually trying to think i know that kate had sent me some cool like halloween related tattoos a while back but uh-huh. some other one like popped up in my feed and i was like click on that like that one like that one like that one like that one so i'm just just trying to get like good halloween tattoo right inspiration ideas right now uh-huh uh i'm training that thing yet good i'm getting some cool stuff popping up on there man you should uh you should check out uh my guy who, who did uh, all of my tattoos uh, he's Driftwood Magician on, on Instagram. He does a I, ton of awesome Halloween stuff, including a, a Halloween cupcake that, that Emily got. Uh, definitely man, worth checking out. I dig it. That's just one of those things that, you know, you know me, man. I've waffled on tattoo ideas for right, fucking ever, yeah. but I don't see myself ever not wanting to have a little bit of Halloween with me yeah. all year. Go for know? it, man. It's cool. I got uh, Spooky Sounds cassette oh yeah 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 a little halloween reminder so yeah no i i get that urge i think what i'm kind of thinking of right now is like i'd love to have something with you know like a cool like spooky castle or a haunted house kind of thing i really want to get like the halloween 1978 jack-o'-lantern oh yes that's classic classic just the og like that's one of those things that again i don't see myself ever getting tired of or being like man now i hate halloween i don't see that ever happening yeah no go for that that's that's a great idea i i think think that's pretty cool um yeah you know like for me because i i didn't get any tattoos until you know past few years uh that like anxiety about what you're gonna get and one of the main anxieties i always had was just like anything you get could you know become bad in the future like you get a symbol of some sort or like a a, a movie thing you like or whatever 10 well, years i've already down had to write road. off my weinstein sleeve right exactly years ago yeah i already wrote it off <laughs> you, you wanted a whole sleeve that was just harvey naked uh-huh <laughs> canceled that one <laughs> yeah but yeah the offspring and idle hands idle hands is uh not talked about enough great uh october movie i think check it out if you have it 
Oh, maybe I'll do that this Halloween, man. Should. Maybe I'll also check out a, a ska band sometime in a movie. You got a recommendation for that? <laughs> um, well, I haven't rewatched this movie in a long time. I don't know how it holds up, but I do remember enjoying real big fish appearing in basketball. Dude, that's one of those bands, man. Like, real big fish has always been on the 90s kid radar and Uh i know them and i know them when i hear them yeah i cannot name one song of theirs not one uh oh there's the one that's like right yeah there's that one Uh there there is that one i think they did that like didn't they do that take on me cover is that oh yeah they did pennywise yeah no i think i'm pretty sure it was real big fish that did the take on me cover that was really good it was good it was it is happy it is etc yeah but yeah, like their songs, couldn't name a one. I do want to watch basketball again, dude. I remember watching that back in the college days, man, and, and remembering there was some funny shit in there. Uh, but yeah, I, I do wonder how that one is held up. I, I, you know, like it's, it's like uh, it wasn't Zucker Brothers, the the guys who did Airplane, who did it. Really? Uh, yeah, and I think you know Trey Parker and Matt Stone are like wrote the script or whatever. It's it's silly as fuck. I remember, but I, yeah, I don't know how it holds up. Definitely, hmm. you know, I'd be interested to hear. So you should you should rewatch it and report back to us how it was. Now let me ask you this one because when we were talking about this idea, you know, I was I was just springing anything that came to mind at you, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah like Iggy Pop was on Pete and Pete, but right. he wasn't as Iggy Pop. Right. Like he was Iggy Pop as an actor playing a character on the Adventures of Pete right. and Pete, and I kind of. I kind of wonder where the line is here because one of the ones that I thought of that is very beloved for myself and a lot of other people is seeing my main man, my real dad, Steve Vai, Uh as the devil's guitar player, Jack Butler, in the Ralph Macchio joint Crossroads, not the Britney Spears one. Okay. (laughs) Um, So here's the thing. He's not Steve Vai in the movie. But that's Jack Butler. L7's not L7 in this movie. That's fair too, right. right? Like they're they're not there, but and he has no speaking lines either. It's just his guitar playing, right? And his posing and strutting. So it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Does that count? I, I I feel like that's like right in line because that's what Steve Vai does, right? That's essentially yeah. a Steve Vai performance in a movie, which is really what we're looking at here. Is just these bands did a little performing in a movie. It's fun. And he was doing some performing. He was musicking and he was shredding the fuck out of that dang old. <laughs> Sick red Gortar that he had in there, man. Hell yeah. Uh, silly ass movie. You ever seen Crossroads? I have not. I've, I've seen the Britney Spears one, though. <laughs> <laughs> not similar. Oh, Spoilers, okay. Not similar. All right. Well, I mean, now I'm less interested. <laughs> well, what's another good performance that you had on your list? Um, well, I mean, I, I think I think uh, this is this is one that, that you said, and we had recently watched this movie, but Morris Day and the Time in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Morris Day and the motherfucking time. <laughs> yes, that's a great one, Fuck man. yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a fantastic one, man. I love just the reverence for Morris Day Might as well and have the time. It. Why wouldn't you? They fucking kill it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. That stuff is awesome. They got some jams too, dude. Like yeah. they have they have a bunch of stuff that like Prince produced and uh-huh. wrote and shit. And yeah. it, it just sounds like some other badass band doing Prince songs and it's yeah. fucking awesome. When you start reading about all the work Prince did, like writing songs oh and producing stuff and stuff, it's like did he sleep? Like what I was gonna say. 
Really, right? How? How did he do it? It's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Absolutely insane, man. Yeah, he uh, he definitely wore it the fuck out back in the day. Morris Day stuff is still awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think those are some of uh, my favorite appearances of, of bands and movies, but I'd love to hear what the dead and lovelies out there have to say, because I know the there's a bunch we're miss- missing, including, well, you know, we, uh, we got Aerosmith in Wayne's World 2. That's right, there man. That's right. Wayne I always Stock. forget that they're in there. Yeah, and fucking Alice Cooper is in there too, right? Alice Cooper in there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I fucking I don't know if it full. Uh, it has to count, right? That T- in Wayne's World one, Tia Carrera was singing those songs. Like that's true, and yeah, she that's fucking true. killed it. Like so, I don't know. That's dude. Similar. I'll tell you what, too, man. Sharp dressed rock star, hot shot guitar player Johnny Depp is in Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I don't know if you knew about that. Buddy. Oh, lead singer (laughs) of of 30 Seconds to Mars, Jared Leto, appears (laughs) in everybody's favorite movie, Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah, that's right, man. Yeah, we got got rock stars just appearing on our flicks left and right. But, yeah, I'm with you. I want to know the ones that we missed, the ones that we forgot about. So let us know about that on our our Facebook group, social media outlets and stuff. You know what I'm Uh, about to do? Tell us about your favorite racks. Let me tell you. you what I'm about to do over here. Uh, the other day, I, I think I talked about it last week, we went over to Belmont Station, saw our guy, Scoots Magoots, a.k.a. Steven, uh, and he handed me this here beer, told me, send you one too. I got one heading your way. It Look is uh, Brujos Magos del Subterraneo. Uh, it is a, a collaboration with Troon Brewing and Brujos Brewing. It's a hoppy ale with raw Oregon honey, DDH with Nelson, Nelson, I don't know what all these fucking hops are, Nelson CGX, Motueka, Motueka CGX, and Citra. What uh, in the hell, man? Now, yeah. I'm the most intrigued by the Oregon honey. I think that's something that we saw in Candyman, is it not? Where like his insides are all ripped out and filled Oregon with honey. honey. Is that what that is? Yeah, Oregon, Oregon honey. honey. Yeah. <laughs> Up here in the state of Oregon. I, <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I I um I am excited for this because he he uh, he was super excited to give it to me, and I'll tell you what, everything he he handed us over there was damn good. So he he knows he what's likes up. things that are nice, huh? Yeah. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna right. give this well, find a out about that taste thing. here. Dip your whiskers in that right there, and let me know how it turns out. And I look forward to getting Ooh. myself a tug on one m early uh, later on there. Earlier today, I had a pretty good beer, man. I had a nice. Uh, like a lime lager over yeah. at Merchants of Beer in the uh-huh. Old City, which was really good. And uh, yeah, I think it's about all I've had today. Man, I'll tell you what, this is, um, it's, it's very, uh, like, unexpectedly, even though I knew there was honey in it, all those hops, I thought it was going to be more bitter. It, it's not, like, overly sweet, but unexpectedly sweet. Uh, and then hmm. the hops... Uh, because of the sweetness are, are not as bitter and you get a lot more of that kind of citrusiness and a little bit of fruitiness man this is for a nine percenter too feels oh, like damn feels like Heck. good stuff hell yeah man hell yeah well i'll tell you what i watched a movie what i'd never seen this week and it's yeah. because a man chose it on a patreon didn't he <laughs> that that man was me and i chose it on a patreon and Jen Luke submitted it to a Patreon, and that's right. That's why we talk today about Serial Mom. 
Yeah. So Jen submitted this one? Yeah. Uh, it's been in for a long time. And in fact, she had mentioned it kind of recently that she, she couldn't wait for us to cover it. And boy, I'll tell you what, when Hell I pulled yeah. that little feller out, I was excited too because I love Mia John Waters. And this, I think, is probably the closest to a, a horror film we're going to get. Maybe. From John Waters, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would say this is a horror film in the sense that, like, they're already calling it a dark comedy thriller, but you got a body count of seven, which is higher than all but two of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And one of those is higher because Jason's in it and he kills like crazy. Mm. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and it also shows a good bit of gore and, and a good bit of like the actual killing and stuff. Um, and it, it, I don't know, man. I mean, it's I understand saying it's not a horror movie, but it's it's definitely on that line so i'm glad to talk about it specifically because uh, i love john waters i've said this <laughs> on the show several million times i think uh love john waters grew up just watching uh cry baby and um uh hairspray and then like this movie when i was a teenager uh re- really enjoyed his stuff and uh, I remember him being on The Simpsons as well, which uh, was like super exciting as a kid because I was like, what? John Waters, yay. He's a weirdo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, I'm super excited to talk about this. Have you? What has your relationship been to John Waters films? Okay, so that's kind of a funny one. Yeah. Uh, whenever this got drawn out of the smoke and bowl, I was excited and also just like, oh, wow, kind of amazed because here recently... Uh, Central Cinema in Knoxville, uh-huh. which is like a small independent theater, they were showing it for like a weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Kay was like, oh, that's a great movie. Like, we should go see that. And we, we ended up not getting to go check it out. And then it's like it gets pulled out of the bowl. So it's like, apparently I was meant to watch this movie, right. I suppose. <laughs> it's It's been coded into the Matrix. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't know it was a John Waters movie until oh, okay. I, I looked it up to see if it was streaming anywhere. And, you know, it gave me the stats. It gave me the year it was made, right. and it was a John Waters movie in the cast. And I was like, oh, wait, what the fuck? I was yeah. looking at the cast list and couldn't believe it. So Great, yeah. here's the thing with John Waters, man. I was thinking about it, and I've really not watched that many of his movies. Okay. He's one of those people that, uh, kind of like what you are saying with his, his Simpsons thing, he's one of those people I've seen his cameos and appearances in fucking everything like my right. entire life like he's one of those people that just popped up on 90s sitcoms and in commercials uh-huh. and all kinds of other shit and it wasn't until you know years and years and years later that i was like oh this guy's like a director and he has uh-huh. like this campy niche that he's really known for yeah. and this is the guy that did you know crybaby and hairspray and all this other stuff um i have watched I have watched Hairspray. Uh-huh. I've watched this one. Okay. I'm struggling to think if I've seen any of his other movies, dude. Okay. okay. I've not seen Crybaby. Uh-huh. Well, I will say uh, that those that you just named are some of my favorites uh, from from childhood, but... Oh, uh, he did Pecker, didn't he? I've he seen did Pecker. do Pecker. Yeah, I was also yeah. I was going to mention Pecker. Um, and Cecil B. Demented, also worth checking out. Uh, but... Also, his earlier stuff. The reason why he's known uh, for being, you know, this uh, not just campy filmmaker, but a filmmaker who pushes boundaries, uh, stuff like Pink Flamingos uh, right. and, and Female Trouble, 
those things are well worth watching. He, um, just to give a little history on John Waters, because I don't know that we'll ever really get to talk about him in depth again. Uh, he was raised Roman Catholic, uh, gay, a gay man, been openly gay for a very long time, pretty much uh, knew he was gay forever. Uh, but he, he grew up in a suburb of Baltimore where he was friends with Divine as a child. Uh, and he and Divine would make movies together as kids. Uh, and they, they called the front lawn of his parents' house Dreamland Lot. Uh, which would hmm. come into play later because uh, he he calls his sort of troop of actors Dreamlanders uh, because he he uses a lot of the same local actors because he tends to only film in Baltimore. Um, okay, it's kind of like Romero and fucking Pittsburgh, right? Exactly, or yeah, like several several different directors like to to stick within their city because they they know the place uh, and he he knows Baltimore extremely well and uses the the landscape and the 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 climate the political climate and stuff uh to great advantage and things like hairspray and and crybaby and whatnot and this uh specifically you know his suburban upbringing is is really being satirized here this is i you know we just talked about the burbs this would also fit uh you know loosely into suburban horror if you accept it as horror which i do um sure it also uh, is interesting. He went to NYU and got kicked out for smoking weed. Um, well, he got kicked out. <laughs> got kicked out of his dorm for smoking weed, which basically led him back to Baltimore, where he he had already been making some student films, but he got back to making stuff with Divine. Uh, and his dad his dad helped him film or helped him fund Pink Flamingos, and he said in an interview that his dad said, "I'll uh, I'll give you the money, just don't tell me what it's about." <laughs> his dad did not want to know what he was up to keep me in the dark yeah That's funny. <laughs> um but yeah he he uh started moving forward like into the mainstream with polyester which is definitely worth a watch as well and then hairspray and crybaby and honestly i would say that like i i know he says that this is is one of his favorite films that he made uh this also feels like the most hollywood of his films Mm, it's the biggest budget one he ever did. Had like a like like thirteen, 13 million, million yeah, budget. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you know his movies. Those of us who love them love them. The public don't seem to love them. <laughs> so it's a niche thing <laughs> yeah. for sure. Uh, like Hairspray and Crybaby, I believe made money, but they had low budgets. This had a much higher budget, so yeah, ended up losing money, but. I, I but honestly, I mean, considering I it showed why. on so few screens, it still made like eight million bucks back. Yeah, I mean, it did pretty well for what it was showing on. Yeah, and it, it's also like all of his films, a cult classic now. And I remember, oh, yeah. uh, you know, back then it also being you know heavily rented on on VHS. So it's not like you know, it's not like John Waters went away <laughs> he obviously made more movies and he's continued to to do stuff he has a movie actually in the works right now that's based off of uh his novel uh i think it's liar mouth is the name of it hmm yeah okay. yeah uh anyway yeah he's he's been working continuously uh so this yeah this is just a, a blip it was called a box office bomb and critically wasn't you know, overly well accepted, but has definitely been reassessed as, I mean, you know, clearly very funny, 
very well done film that's extremely well acted. Kathleen Turner very specifically fucking killing it throughout the entire film. Oh yeah, fantastic. And it's got that, you know, again, even though I've been exposed to very little of his work, it's got that John Waters flavor that I associate with what he does, where it is this very like idyllic American suburban 50s leave it to beaver kind of atmosphere, but everything's a little off. Yeah, yeah, and it, it is set in modern time, of course, uh, because we got video stores and whatnot. But it has that feel that because, like, you know, oh, Kathleen yeah. Turner is always dressed very well, and her hair is well done, and and all of her neighbors and their yards are perfect, and and whatnot. Like yeah, that. the tidy yeah. houses. Yeah, and yeah, very Betty Crocker kind of households. Like whenever right. the movie starts, and it's this very idyllic nuclear family breakfast scene. I was just assuming that the movie was in the 50s. And then when they go out in the driveway and uh-huh. like it's like, oh, like a 90s Jeep is in the driveway. I was like, oh, wait, okay, so this is this is set now in the 90s. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there that's like, you know, he's he's showing these conservative suburbanites uh for what they are, which is fucking weirdos, you know? Like she's obviously uh off. <laughs> she uh, she uh, little kills people without any real remorse or regard for it and uh just keeps up the the pretense of being this great mom honestly she may just be a great mom seems like she is <laughs> um but she she is is off but everybody we see is off everybody yeah. is is a little weird oh or a lot weird lady letting her dog lick her toes while she has orgasmic <laughs> get fucking, them all wet she says uh-huh. like what the and fuck is going scream on singing along to annie like that woman <laughs> is with her lamb sandwich up, right <laughs> dude I do love that. That yeah, it does show everybody being very prim and proper and conservative and shit. But then there's like, is it one of the detectives is like really into like chicks with dicks with that magazine? Right. Yeah. And- yeah. Yeah. Like she, it's interesting because like I I think it like she doesn't she doesn't care about like like her son loves gore and stuff. She doesn't care about gore. She loves reading about serial killers, etc. The only things she doesn't care that this detective is looking at chicks with dicks magazines or whatever. Like Mm-mm. the only thing she cares about is being proper and following etiquette. Yeah, Not, yeah, following yeah. the rules. Yeah, uh chewing gum, that's a kill you offense. Wearing white after oh, yeah. Labor Day, that's a kill you offense. <laughs> Not, Not recycling your tape. <laughs> like exactly. This woman she is not she's not the traditional suburbanite mom in the sense of like having all these like high moral values or whatever. She only cares about the appearance. The appearance mm-hmm. is the most important thing cuz that's who she is. She's she's the psychopath who's all appearance. Like she never lets the appearance fade. She's always happy mom. Even when, like, she's being chased by the cops and she's, like, clearly evading them. But, like, you see her inside driving and it's like she's just driving to the store. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Yeah, I, I feel it. like that's all, like, very, very deliberate and very intentional to show what looks like a a typical domestic, you know, mom not flinching at, at murder yeah. for as punishment and stuff. Like, there's definitely a huge theme in this movie exploring the attitudes that Americans have towards capital punishment, which of course is not something that a lot of the world practices. 
Um, and I wish I could, I would have looked more at like the time period that this was written in to see if there was like, was yeah. this a hot topic at it the was. time, like yeah. the death penalty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a very hot topic. I mean, it was yeah being discussed heavily in California and other states. And yeah, right. um, it, yes, it was a very hot topic at the time, but it had been a hot topic for quite a while. And, you know, this is, you know, John Waters uh, grew up uh, in the, the 50s and, and 60s. And so he had seen the sensationalism of, of so many different serial killers, very specifically Manson, which is, is you know, uh, a thing that he seems to be very interested in, or at least to regard as a, a cultural touchstone because he often includes references to Manson and his stuff. Um, but he had seen all these, like, trials of the century in the way that these things are, like, turned into... Uh, money-making opportunities like murder murder is big business uh and that's what this is kind of satirizing is the 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 big business of true crime and mm-hmm. it's oh, even yeah. you know presented as a true story and you know he keeps throwing the the dates and times down in the the corner to make it look like this entirely oh, superfluous yeah, yeah like, uh, <laughs> i i totally quit trying to even keep track of that yeah, within 20 minutes of the movie useless. i was like this is not what gonna does it matter. matter but what does it matter that's the, the kind of the, the i think the satire there is what does it matter in the the murder documentaries <laughs> like we're not keeping no. up with it 10 27 a.m <laughs> like that's oddly specific right? Who, who cares? Like, I'm not keeping track of the timetable yeah. here, you know? But yeah, I feel like it's exploring like that that American idea, like you said, about true crime and, and violence and capital punishment in, in a way that I think is cool. I mean, again, this is obviously a very silly and stupid movie in a lot of ways, but at the same time, it is showing you that those domestic, you know, Betty Homemaker moms and stuff that were leading these idyllic leave-it-to-beaver lifestyles... Uh-huh. But then going and voting for politicians that were like, yeah, if somebody misbehaves, kill them. It's like, even though they weren't the ones pulling the trigger or flicking the switch on these people, they are still participant in getting people murdered. Yeah. Just by their votes, you know? Right. And... that you don't flinch about it when you're not the one doing it. She's just doing it directly herself. That's the only difference. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's kind of like the real big uh, issue pointed out in the church scene, right? Where the, the, the sermon that day is like how good the uh, capital punishment is. And there's even, and Kathleen Turner is about to be, you know, Bev is about to be arrested by the cops for murder. But there's this like fun moment where the priest is talking about how important capital punishment is. And then he's like, and luckily we have it here in Maryland. And she has this like look of relief on her face. Like, Oh good. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. we should have that. Even though she's about to be arrested for murder. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. It's, it's a great satire. I mean, uh, also in it, like in addition to, to those elements of satire and the true crime and stuff, large amounts of the true crime audience are these same suburbanites. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Dude. So it's like, you know, it, it, it's 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 really pointing out that like the suburbanites getting upset about violence on TV and violence in the news and stuff. It's like, yeah, but you're the ones who also want to see it. Like you're watching it they, and getting upset it about way. it because you yeah. want to see it. <laughs> I love that they, they do that in this movie where a lot of the adults and stuff are super upset 
at you know the son and his friends for like loving these gore movies right these, these horror movies that are yes. so violent and bloody and stuff even though like they show clips from like blood feast and shit in this and they're all sitting around going like yeah look at how fake that looks that's so cool you can tell it's not real right. or whatever uh-huh. like they're they're into the fake stuff and getting persecuted for it meanwhile you know again yeah. these people are voting in people that are putting actual humans to death right and, and not even flinching about it. But it's definitely the horror movies that are fucked up. He he also does a good like edit visual that that makes that point too that like he he like does a, a match edit from the gore to a close up of the meatloaf and you can't tell mm, the difference yeah. at first until he pans out right. and you can see it's meatloaf. And it's like a real good ex- a visual example of like Look, it's not the fucking same. Like, it's not mm-hmm. real. You're, it's, it's like looking at meatloaf. It's not a big deal. <laughs> um, I feel like this is also some leftover shit from like the PMRC, like typical uproar yeah. shit that happened well, in the eighties. I feel like yeah. there's still some of that laying around here. Yeah, yeah. John Waters certainly wasn't a fan of all that for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that like we also get in here the you know the the bit where the the teacher is telling bev about matthew lillard her son you know watching these horror movies and how like you know they're basically you know indications that he's going to be a serial killer and i thought that was so funny because two years from or a year from this He's going to be in Scream, and that's his plan. That's Stu and Billy's plan, is wow. to claim that oh, horror movies turn them into killers. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Huh. Also, yeah. didn't really think that this was that close to when Scream came out. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, because Scream was 95. So, yeah, this is... this is Wow. Uh, yeah, and this is uh, Matthew Lillard's first starring role. He had been in, uh, of course, the classic, Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College. Well, of course, yeah. it's known. <laughs> but yeah, this was one of his first roles. And man, he he's Matthew Lillard as fuck instantly, right? Like yep. this guy. Instantly, it's like, oh, it's Stu. Sick, yeah, dude. he's always been a fucking star. I love Matthew Lillard. That guy, he he bring. It doesn't matter what the role is. He he's bringing it to life. Uh, and, oh yeah, he goes know, hard. The the video store clerk who loves horror movies is kind of perfect for him so um, yeah he's fantastic man also sam waterston um, as the dad yeah. he is so fucking good with physical comedy in this like it's just he's his great. constant reactions of like surprise and like like what the fuck am i gonna do and like it's <laughs> just like and being oblivious like yes. super oblivious at times <laughs> yeah i i love that and then of course we got ricky lake who is uh, John Waters regular. It's a uh, third movie she had done with him. And like, she's just fucking amazing. I love Ricky Lake. She had already started her talk show. Uh, I think around this time. Really? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I was wondering when that lined up. It was like, I remember, Yeah. Like, you know, growing up with that, that on TV, I didn't right. watch it, but uh-huh. you, know, you know of it. Cause it's on TV right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was wondering how that lined up with this and her character. Who's, soul motivation is like she just wants to fuck she's like, tina she's belcher just trying to get dudes yeah she's, <laughs> yeah dude she, she is she yeah. is absolutely tina belcher she gets a crush on every man she sees instantly yeah uh and the thing i really love about this because like you can say all you want about how this satirizes suburbanites and it and it it's really you know going hard at them but John Waters also is painting us 
a picture of a family that actually does love each other. Like, yeah, totally. Whenever she's like, uh, you know, uh, the uh, shit. What's his name? The the boyfriend that tells her to lose weight. Oh, Carl. Uh, Carl, the, yeah, yeah, Carl says if she loses 10 pounds, he can go with her to this thing or whatever, or she can go with him to this thing or whatever. And her mom immediately is like, uh, honey, if you want to lose weight, you can do it for yourself, but don't do it for this guy. And the, the yeah. her brother's immediately like, yeah, he's a loser. Like, yeah, they stick up for each other. For yeah, sure. they're on uh, each other's side. And Sam Waterston, like he, his whole arc is going from just conservative oblivious dad who believes in the death penalty to being anti-death penalty by the end like Mm -hmm. they they all like even though what she's doing is wrong it is (laughs) like yeah they all just like surround her and and try to protect her and try to keep her out of jail because they actually do care about each other as a family that's like uh not i mean you know it's not something you see a ton in the 90s, uh, especially in, in a satire type of comedy. You'd see a lot more like broken families or families that don't really like each other, brothers and sisters that argue and yell or whatever. These these people tend to like each other and they talk and enjoy each other's company. And that's cool. Oh, yeah. And, and too, like I think the kids especially see the the entirely american idea of being able to capitalize on it and be like oh man this is cool mom's a killer we can (laughs) sell merchandise and shit like because that is how it works here dude like people idolize serial killers people want to date serial killers like the true crime thing dude i'm i'm fucking sucked into it i'll listen to true crime shit like last podcast and all that shit Mm -hmm. all the time i also think it's fascinating and maybe it is because it is where we live in america it is a inherently violent place so maybe there is part of you that just wants to understand it better what the hell's going on yeah yeah i don't know uh i i think it is it is like a debate that you know we just saw kind of with the Dahmer series that ryan murphy did where you know when we're talking about true crime we're not talking about something new like from the invention of of uh spoken word people have been like oh my god you gotta hear this fucked up thing that this other dude did like three caves down uh like we have been reporting to each other fucked up crime stuff and it really is yeah (laughs) it really is that i need to understand right like some people are morbidly curious because they're interested in doing those things themselves most of us i think are bewildered we can't mm-hmm. understand how someone could do that and right that that feeling becomes cuz i i don't know what it's releasing that feeling kind of is something we chase from time to time we want to be bewildered by the evils of humanity and oh yeah 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 i don't know that there's anything wrong with that like, I, I know that the argument that, like, w- was happening with the Dahmer series was people were specifically harassing the families and stuff and trying to get interviews and whatnot. And it's, that's obviously fucked up. Oh, yeah. But we're yeah, definitely so. We're always going to be chasing that, trying to understand the darkness 
Um, and you know, I, I think it's, it, it's, it's a perfect thing to satirize about suburbanites because, you know, we just talked about that with the burbs. They're so bored that they, they got to spice their lives up with something and true crime is often the thing they turn to. Um, and, and she just takes it to the next level. She makes the true crime. Right, like that's true. She's she's a she is a uh, as you said, like she is the type that writes to serial killers. Like she's got uh, a a birthday card from John Wayne Gacy. She's got uh, uh, Richard Speck autograph, (laughs) autograph picture Richard Speck with a bodybuilder's body. Which yeah, what the fuck? It's really funny. I I I don't know, like because um, what we know of Richard Speck when he was in Alcatraz is like he was uh he was being uh, pumped with estrogen whether he he wanted to do that or not we're not sure so that's kind of a reference really? to that yeah yeah he had titty like he had grown titties they're not not sure not sure if he had been like coerced into doing that or not so huh. like, i'm not gonna call him trans uh because if he was being forced to that wasn't the situation uh but it the, he was being like you know uh given estrogen so to to have this picture of him as this big testosterone guy is, is kind of a weird choice. Kind of a deep cut joke. Yeah, exactly. That's really strange, yeah. But man. that's, that's Waters. He is morbid as fuck, and I love it. And he he's also the voice of Ted Bundy on the tape that she got from Ted Bundy. Um, but yeah, like, she is so fully obsessed that, like, yeah, she just becomes the true crime herself. And I wonder too, though, in this movie, like whenever she does take that turn and kills that that math teacher. Uh huh. Do you think this is her first kill? No, I don't. I don't. I think this I is either. the beginning of a spree, but I don't think it's her first kill. Uh, she she is too. She's too confident. Like first time killers don't tend to kill in the middle of the day in broad daylight. In a, mm-hmm. a school parking lot. <laughs> That's somebody who's gotten pretty cocky. Yeah, yeah running somebody, him down in yeah. their own car. Exactly. So, and yeah, she's 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 so nonchalant about it. I love the way Kathleen Turner plays it, and I know that like in casting this, that is kind of how John Waters had had written it. That she is just this so like like none of this affects her, and like several of the actresses they had considered were interested, but wanted to change the role to make it more serious. Uh, Uh, and, and Kathleen Turner immediately was like, yes, I love it. And she came in and clearly got it. Cause she, Oh dude, she plays it. So there's that part near the end where she's like escaping in the van and she drives past where her family is and you see her in in the van. You see her face, like look over at them, and she's like, "Hey!" And like, yeah, <laughs> like that. John Waters didn't tell her to do it, and didn't even notice she did it until like looking through the shots. And it was like, "No, that's wow. perfect, right? That's exactly so what perfect. she would do." She's running from the do. police, but of course, she'd look over to her family and be like, "Hey." <laughs> Dude, I I love that she can kind of do that duality where yeah, she does have the. Uh, June Cleaver kind of persona. Right. But then I love too that with this movie, the first thing that we see of her being a little off kilter isn't even her 
murdering somebody no, it's, it's the her <laughs> dude well the, there's the fly yeah. and then after that like after the family leaves she goes and pursues her just everyday hobby yes. it looks like which is making obscene phone calls to, to Dottie. Dottie. yes okay so this oh lady my God. stole a parking spot from her which yeah i guess she doesn't feel is enough of a, a breach of etiquette to kill her so she just daily to tortures her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> the obscene phone calls. Kathleen Turner is so fucking good. I Amazing. I love like they're like she's doing that mean voice and stuff the on the phone voice. too. Yeah, which is almost a Natasha Leone. <laughs> like she's almost. Ca- Natasha oh my Leone. god! Yes, <laughs> yes, dude. Watch your horror math out, you cocksucker. <laughs> like, she's so just she's brutal going on for the phone. It. Yeah, and just loving it. I love the way she plays it too. Because oh, she's she's ju- just loving it, dude. Yeah, because she's saying mean vitriolic shit, but her face, she's smiling so big. She's just so happy. To be doing it <laughs> oh dude yeah she absolutely love it loves it man and doing like the the cutout ransom note letters yeah uh-huh. uh, that she sends her to to harass <laughs> her that bring the the detectives to the house <laughs> yeah. dude, she's like i never say the p word <laughs> yeah and, and, and uh, uh sam waterston said no woman would <laughs> like he's yeah, no so, woman would. <laughs> he's so innocent and like conservative minded dad like he cannot comprehend like he can't fully fathom what his wife has done you can uh-uh. see it in his eyes so many scenes where he's just like clearly like what the fuck is happening (laughs) yeah i i I love i also love that they introduce the cops five minutes into the movie this movie gets to the killing so quick it's not like the the movie's not the lead up and then oh my gosh a mom killed someone the end it's like no mom's killing a whole bunch of people the cops are figuring it out now let's have the trial where she charms and manipulates everybody to get off <laughs> and it's, i feel like it's how ted bundy thought it was going to go right he chose yeah. to defend himself in court. exactly it's like that's totally how he thought this would go only she pulls it off she absolutely pulls it off she she uh you know gets the guy the first day manipulates him into thinking he's got a booger in his nose which is just distracting him from hearing all the terrible shit she did <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. he's, like, really trying to get the booger, and the lawyer's just uh, listing the crimes. Then, of course, the she's... The peeping Tom guy. The peeping Tom guy. She's, she's yeah, doing the open legs thing, just, like, opening, closing, opening, closing, which is really, like, driving him insane to the point where he perjures that he, he is so starved for a, a whiff of pussy that this man will perjure himself... <laughs> On the stand stand. and cover up for a murderer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Uh, And I also love Suzanne Summers showing up and talking about her being a feminist icon and stuff. That's like. I love that it's like Suzanne Summers as Suzanne Summers and she's rolling up in like a fucking mink coat and sunglasses. Like she's like Hollywood Suzanne. It's like she's wearing step by step, right? Yeah, like, come she's, on. she's wearing just a ridiculous outfit, just really playing up the this is Suzanne Summers thing. The Suzanne yeah. Summers, like huge fucking big deal, Suzanne right. Summers. It's and so she, funny, man. And it's 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 a real fun like moment to see like 
you know, there at the end after um, uh, she's killed juror number eight uh, for wearing white after Labor Day three days in a row. Um, and they're walking down the the hall there and everyone's asking questions. And Suzanne Summers keeps trying to move Kathleen Turner to the left because she wants her good side to be to the camera. Yeah. And then Kathleen <laughs> Turner, or Bev, not Kathleen Turner, Bev's just like, Suzanne Summers, that's my bad side. <laughs> 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 it's so stupid. Like I love that I love that Suzanne Summers agreed to do that. Me where too. she's like, Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm kind of a B list celebrity, but well, I'll go yeah, in here I mean, and act like a fucking movie star. I love yeah, it. Yeah, she yeah, because she, you know, uh she's uh Three's company, clearly. Uh also at this time I think step by step had started step up. By step. Mm-hmm. So she you know, she's a, did she do some aerobics? And yes, stuff? exactly. Yeah, like stage, That's yeah. what she was well known for at this time, is the the fucking uh, the Thighmaster commercial. Yeah, the Thighmaster. Yes. Yeah, TV stuff. Yeah, yeah, and to have her, yeah, come in as this like big shot celebrity, really funny. She plays it really funny. I, yeah, I think, I think the way that like this whole movie plays out, like the pacing of it for me, like it just keeps me either like uh, on the edge of like, oh my god, what is she gonna do next? Or laughing my ass off because I yes this movie makes me laugh so much. There's so many. There's laughs through the whole thing. Yeah, too. so it's many. Not just like one of those ones laughs. that blows the comedy load in the first you know act or whatever. Like there's funny shit all the way through. I think the the, the trial stuff drags a little bit just little. in terms of how much of the movie it is. But yeah, there's still funny shit going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way that like on the opening arguments. She's like trying to get her lawyer's attention so frantically, like, oh, I've got the thing that's going to get me off. Juror number eight's wearing white shoes after Labor Day. <laughs> yeah, that's going to do it, right? <laughs> like, like Dude. he'll just say that and they'll be like, oh, case dismissed. <laughs> right? Totally. There is some hilarious ass shit in this, man. And it's, it's John Waters, so it's very like campy and corny and, and weird at times and like purposefully stupid as shit at times like right. dude, one of the parts of this that had me laughing the most is after uh bev is at that swap meet and she kills that dude in the bathroom with the poker uh-huh. he, like cuts his liver out or whatever there's a dude that walks in and finds the body <laughs> and it has the most ridiculous clearly overdubbed scream that you've heard in a hundred other movies yeah, the howie scream yeah the he, howie scream he performs the howie scream that man <laughs> captured the howie Who scream is that guy i don't why does know he have a kebab why like why is seeing a dead body making his entire body except yeah. his forearms freeze <laughs> like he- and that scream dude like what the fuck why is he walking into the bathroom holding With a kebab, kebab. What, what are you doing <laughs> I I don't care if you just have to piss or whatever. Like you're not gonna hold your hog in one hand and your kebab in another. No, (laughs) but it's like specifically, it's like we need a guy to walk in here and do this ridiculous scream. Uh, Get that man a kebab. Yeah, absolutely. Why? Why? (laughs) Like choices like that are what amuse me. Like yeah, there's there's hilarious lines, there's great delivery and shit, but. What amuses me the most are choices like that. It should mm-hmm. be the Howie scream for one. Yeah. 
and he should be holding a kebab for yeah. reasons. <laughs> I love what when the she, fuck, man? she kills the Annie lady with a leg of lamb and then, <laughs> yeah. and then yells, rewind! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's so smart too because she kills her with the leg of lamb and then disposes of the murder weapon by giving it to the dog yeah, it's just so smart. Uh, there you go <laughs> can't get caught the leg of lamb dude like it could have just been something typical like a kitchen knife or no. whatever but she sees that leg, leg of, of lamb, lamb and she's like ah oh, i'm gonna beat this, this is what i'm gonna beat her to death with <laughs> god old butterfeet lady dude what the fuck man? that lady is the weirdest person in this movie I oh my feel, god right, right? Like, one, she watched Ghost Dad. That's already a problem. Also, What's there's the, a Bill Cosby adult. being wholesome joke in this. Like, did they know at this point? Was this a thing? Or was it, like, legit? Like, oh, no, it's wholesome. It's Bill Cosby. Okay, here... Okay, I, I don't know what John Waters knew. I, I don't know. Right. It, it's, prob- it's probably a Bill Cosby's wholesome joke. But the the knowledge of Bill Cosby was around probably even this early. So, hmm. I don't know, man. Like, people knew what he was... Some people knew what he was up to. Some people knew hmm. some things he had done. So, maybe. So, but maybe it's I deliberate. Think, maybe it just aged into being deliberate. Exactly, you know? yeah. That's, I think it's just Cosby's wholesome make a Cosby joke. Dude, the fact that she had to be watching Annie specifically, and it was worth it to John Waters to pay... Like $60,000 just so it can have the sun will come out tomorrow <laughs> on the soundtrack specifically. Like, again, that was that was such a deliberate choice. Just yeah. like the kebab guy where it's like, oh, no, it needs to be this song. And they charged, right. they charged him more. Yeah. They charged him more because it was John Waters. Like, they didn't want to be associated with John Waters and gave him a, an exorbitant price thinking he wouldn't pay it. But then when he would mm-hmm. pay it, they took it. So, you know. Where are your principles at, Mrs. Mm. Annie uh, holders of song title rights? Dude, whenever Bev is doing those bird calls <laughs> in the movie, it's so like, funny, whoa, dude. Whoa. It's so Whatever funny. The noises, it's so ridiculous, and I love too that like later on in the movie. Her her rage is so intensified that she sees those people eating those little Cornish hens. Yeah, and, it's and she's like, thinking of the birds close-ups. she didn't get <laughs> yeah. to see because they made her husband cancel the birds uh, 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 seeing trip. Seeing trip? What do you do? Bird watching trip. There you go. Bird watching. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's the connection there. I, yeah. see, I, didn't, I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking it's because she liked the birds and she saw them eating little chickens and she's like, those sons <laughs> of bitches have to die. <laughs> <laughs> the, the chicken it. eating is hilariously know. gross and stupid. It's real dude. gross. So and gross. Yeah, he shows it real close and 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 gross and wet and sloppy. Yeah, it's kind of hard to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and then that guy gets like an air conditioning unit dropped on yes, him. And- she's a fucking John Wick, right? Like, <laughs> she's like she kills this lady with some scissors, throws scissors at this dude fucking hits his picture dead on and then like measures the like time and distance perfectly to drop this ac unit on him like i don't know man she may have been trained there may be a prequel to serial mom where we find out she was trained by some government organization (laughs) right even though she claims the only cereal she knows about is rice krispies (laughs) oh yeah dude it's it's so funny man and i love to like the uh uh that that 
ridiculous sex scene that they have earlier in the movie is hilarious it is so over the top that like it made me reassess all the over the top sex scenes that come after it and be like oh wait this one was the one like she (laughs) is power bottoming his like she is just fucking railing him up toward the ceiling (laughs) yeah <laughs> and all the like yells and stuff yes. that she's doing are ridiculous. God damn it. So I funny, love it. Man. It's so good. Kathleen Turner, like I, I like Gosh, I, she's good. Yeah, just growing up, huge fan, the you know, Romancing the Stone and and uh, there were those three movies that she did with like Danny DeVito and, and Michael Douglas that were all great. I, I remember V. Voice I of Jessica Rabbit, dude. Jessica Rabbit, etc. This movie, like and she's still fucking killing it. Still on a ton of stuff. Doing a lot of, of voice acting these days, but like still fucking killing it. Um she's so funny, so good. Like I I feel like like Susan Sarandon was the other major option they were considering and like I feel like Susan Sarandon could have done it, but I don't know if yeah. it would have been as funny as this. Uh and two, I don't know if she would just have as much joy in what she was doing. Exactly. Yeah. You know, as as Kathleen did. Because yeah. like you said, when she's making those calls and when she's killing these people, like she, she truly has this so much joy <laughs> in what she does. It's so fucking good, man. And she's so good to those garbage men, bringing them liquor. Yes. I didn't know you're supposed to bring your garbage men liquor. You know what? I guarantee you if you bring your garbage men liquor, they're not gonna be mad about it. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah, I, I love because uh, we just did the burbs with two garbage men characters involved. Uh, these these garbage men c- characters are the first people we see, um, and they are so invested in waste management that they hate they this lady for not recycling to the point that they want her dead. They're yeah. <laughs> happy she dies, and then they help protect the serial mom. And what's real funny to me is that the whole like. The whole non-suburb bit of the town is on her side. And it really mm-hmm. is just like, oh, you killed suburban people? Ah, we don't care. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nobody really cares that much. Right. Not at all. <laughs> They're just cheering her on. Yeah. It's it's a real, like, you know, a, a satire of, of how people, of course, react to serial killers and stuff and becoming fans, as you said, and even, you know, wanting to marry them. Uh, but it also just works so well as the you know the joke being like nobody really cares. <laughs> when, yeah. When well, I mean, get she like burns a guy to death yeah, at a rock at show, a rock and, show nobody and nobody cares. gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. People are just like fucking sick, including the band L Seven. Yes, uh, L7, or as they're calling this it's, uh, Camel Lips, right? <laughs> Camel Lips. Yep. <laughs> And they've got those like big prosthetic, yeah, prosthetic camel toes, killing it. <laughs> Why? Why? And it's like rad. I don't know. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. But the funny thing is, is and I don't know if this is like a, a you know ratings board thing. It doesn't even really show the camel toe prosthetics that much, but yeah. you just see them a few times. And right. It's like, it's wait, enough. what was that? Yeah, it's enough. <laughs> uh, this this uh, also in that moment. I, I didn't notice it until I read this on IMDb, but the person who like stage dives. Uh, oh, wait, you haven't seen Crybaby. Well, for those who've seen Crybaby, Hatchet Face is the person who stage dives. Uh, there's a character oh. in, in Crybaby okay. named Hatchet Face. 
She's great, and she, the actress, is the one who stage dives, and it's really cool. He, John Hell Waters yeah. is always bringing in. He he really likes to keep this great assortment of people around him, including you know, like uh, uh, fucking uh, Dottie is played by Mink Stoll, who is in several of his things, and she's so good. Like she's got this like see, it's like she says she's a divorced woman, and she's got this like she's at the end of her rope type of thing going on. That, like, she really is able to portray just with her face. Like, she never is fully saying, I'm at the end of my rope, but just the way you see it. And then she finally just starts cussing constantly. Like, she gets pushed <laughs> to the brink where all she is doing is cussing. I love it. Yeah. So good. Oh, uh, she totally seems like some church lady that exactly. you totally knew from yes. your community or whatever. She's very just believable in that uh-huh. to me. Yeah. 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 No, I, 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 I really love this movie um i don't have a, anything to complain about like it's it's exactly what it sets out to be and yeah. kind of nails it we got uh you know uh patty hurst in here which um if you don't know about patricia hurst uh read up on that she was kidnapped by the Simeonese liberation Whoa. And, uh, nope, yeah, she's, I didn't know any of this. She's the granddaughter of, of William Randolph Hearst, and that whole story is is big. And I don't want to go deep into that. We also got Tracy Lords, who plays uh, Tracy Lords, right? Yeah, Tracy Lords is great. She plays Carl's date at the the flea market. Uh, she's also uh, the lead in Cry Baby. Uh, if you don't know her full story, I won't go too far into it, except she used forged documents to become a porn star at 16, um, and she uh, has had a, a pretty good career after that in, in acting, music, etc. But, like, both very interesting stories and very, like, very John Waters type of stories of these these people who just had the wildest lives uh, and he loves to bring them in for these these small roles, but I mean, of course, you ha- you had uh, uh, Tracy Lord's much bigger role in Cry Baby, and I think she fucking kills it. I think she's great in this too. Um, oh, dude, her, her funniest moment in this is like after after her dude has like been murdered, and they're like dragging him out. Uh-huh. And she's all like screaming and wailing and crying. And then she uh-huh. sees like that one cute guy yes. and is immediately just like, oh hey, <laughs> <laughs> she's she, good, man. She had- have kind of recently met carl right because he was dating ricky lake before so yeah 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 it could have been that long yeah <laughs> yeah i i think like he he's he's so able to put together a cast of interesting characters and people that provide some bit of shock value and camp value and stuff and then also just Real like Sam Waterston is an amazing character actor. Kathleen Turner is oh, an yeah. amazing actress. Like he's he's able to work with these these people who know what the fuck they're doing and are able to elevate his material. So I, I just think John Waters like I I wish he had made a full on horror movie at some point because I know he's a huge fan of horror movies, especially like over the top, gory, silly stuff. Like mm-hmm. that that would have been yeah. real fun. To just see something oh, like yeah. that from him. This is one of those movies where it feels like everybody understood the assignment. Oh, like absolutely. Everybody totally yeah. got what the vibe was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, everything kind of makes sense for itself. I mean, you're, you're kind of talking about any complaints or anything. I mean, it kind of has that made-for-TV movie kind of aesthetic to it. Like, yeah, everything is very... Yeah plain and yeah. normal looking but that 
also works for the movie's favor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing a uh, fucking uh, Helter Skelter thing. Like, if you watch the Helter Skelter documentary, it really is going for that like, sort of, you know, made for TV type of feel that that Helter Skelter has. Mm-hmm. Kind of that crime drama, true crime TV show kind of thing. Yeah. So. Even the fact that it is kind of plain is like, well, that's also just part of the aesthetic of what this entire thing is trying to say. I think it's really cool, man, that they were able to make a movie that is as silly and goofy and ridiculous as it is, while also exploring those themes of, you know, your average American's involvement with the death penalty and how freaked out we are by things like horror movies and violent shit and, uh, you know, rock music or whatever it could be, whatever the flavor of the day is, fucking drag queens, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, that people just make up to get fucking upset about when in reality it's like, well, you're not that far off from flipping the switch on a guy that, you know, got caught selling weed or something simple. (laughs) Yeah. And this is, this is interesting because like we just like, uh, you know, this obviously wasn't planned to talk about the burbs and then talk about a movie that's very similar, Mm -hmm. but like we just talked about with the burbs, how, at the end, you got Rick Ducoman giving that speech like the suburb, the suburbanites are coming for you. And this is almost that the sequel, like of the suburbanites actually coming for you. <laughs> like this, that's true. Yeah. She's she's on a rampage and the suburbs are, are really uh, being thrust into everyone else's life because of the true crime element. Like it, it's it's almost I mean, it's it's one of the truths of a lot of true crime is that it happens in the suburbs and in, in a lot of ways, true crime is the suburbs being thrust into everyone's life. It's like the suburbs are the, the monster. Uh, mm-hmm. and that, that's kind of what this movie has the, the feel of the suburbs are the monster that we have to fear. Right. Yeah. Cause everybody's pretty well in support of it. Like you said, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool flick. Uh, it definitely makes me want to watch more John Waters. Stuff. Oh, and um, for sure. Hope you do. I, I really would. Cause you've seen hairspray and you've seen this. I would check out Crybaby Cause that's kind of the connecting material between the two. I feel like. Okay. All right. Yeah. I know that that's one that is much beloved and a lot of people yeah. say it's his best mm-hmm. thing that he's done. So that'll definitely be next on my, my two watch list, I suppose, man. Yeah, I, I, you know, when coming to slapping a number on this, I feel like it's hard because I, I'm just gonna give it a ten, uh, and I feel like I'm, I, I just did that, and knowing what our next movie is, and <laughs> I, I just, streak. I just, I feel like people are gonna be like, he gives out tens too much, and it's like, yeah, but this doesn't matter. It's just two dudes talking and saying a number, so it's a ten. <laughs> if it bugs you, send us your receipt. Exactly. For what this costs there you, you go. I love this movie too much to give it anything less. I think it nails exactly what it's going for. It feels so mainstream, John Waters. It is not. It's. It's not. It's not Pink Flamingos. It's. It's a different John Waters, of course. But it is the best example of Hollywood John Waters making a movie that is very much him, but also fits their criteria. It, it's to me, I th- I feel like it. There's nothing that could have been done better. Word, man, tight, tight. Um, I'm gonna go a little lower, maybe just because I, I just watched it for the first time. It's like maybe the more I watch it and the more I come to to like his movies, maybe I'll like this one even more. Maybe so. Um, my gut instinct says like a seven and a half. I think fair. Seems like a pretty yeah. pretty high rating. I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. 
yeah, I, I, I am always just going to have a soft spot for John Waters movies. Just always going to. So I, I'm a, I'm a big fan, but I think seven and a half is probably fair. Hell yeah. Let us know what you guys think about it on our social media outlets, like our Facebook group, our Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. You guys can find all those on our link tree page. Uh-huh. I'll direct you to where you need to go as well as to our Patreon, which you should check out because if you like this episode, well, guess what? It happened because of a Patreon. Yeah, that's right. Jen Luke threw it into the old smoking bowl. Uh, head on over to patreon.com. If you become a patron on any level, you get access to our Patreon exclusive episodes. Got an insidious hell rankers that is probably up by the time this episode comes out. Uh, and we're going to have uh, fast and the furious hell rankers coming up next week for action. August. Good Lord. Yeah. Good Lord. Also, if you become a patron on a $5 level, you get to submit a movie into the smoking bowl. And then we draw from the smoking bowl and we cover it like we did today with this very movie it's fun go do it hell yeah definitely sign up today and check out all that good stuff man we got action august once again kicking off we've been doing this for the past couple of years from month of august we Uh take a break from horror and we dive into some big ass blockbuster action shit and we have some hot choices this year yes yes we do and we're starting off Listen, we could go big. We could go gigantic. We could pick any number of action movies. What we did, though, was we let the cream rise to the top. The cream rise to the top. Yeah, and then we reach in and we pull out some of that cream, brother. And that cream is Bloodsport. Fuck yes. Yes. Bloods. Port. <laughs> I am stoked. Okay, true confession. Yeah. I think this will be the first time I've ever watched it start to finish. It's one of those that was always on Saturday afternoons, and yeah, I saw uh-huh. bits and pieces, yeah. probably saw some of the cool fight scenes. Absolutely. I don't think I have ever Dude, watched it start to finish. You just wait until you have seen <laughs> this movie start to finish. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what. I love a Jean-Claude Van Damme. I love a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Grew up on him. I've the muscles re-watched, from Brussels, dude. Absolutely. I've rewatched Bloodsport recently. I mean, it's not going to be another 10 in a row, but it's fucking up there, man. That movie. But it could be. It's, it's insane, but it's so Hell yeah. I'm excited, fucking man. cool. <laughs> I'm fucking stoked. So yeah, that'll that'll definitely be a good one, man. The episode will probably be a ten for sure. Oh, absolutely. The episode will be a ten. All the episodes are a ten. Every single episode we've ever released is a ten. If it's not God an eleven, right. <laughs> no, that's right. So tune in next week. We'll be uh, kicking off Action August with some Bloods Port, and uh, I'll have some tales to tell about a, a little journey that I'm taking. So yeah. it'll be a good time. So uh-huh. tune in, hang out with your boys on that next installment of Dark and Largy. Yeah, it was nice talking to you. Bye. Bye. Then I was imagining the other day a person who is so sexually sensitive that they might say the phrase, Hug me off. Oh, dang.
Oh, all the way? All the way. Yeah, hug me off all the way. Dang, dude, <laughs> just some some deep, sensual hugging, huh? Yeah, the type of hug that makes you cum your pants. Damn, mm-hmm. that's got to be some kind of hug, I tell you. Oh, yeah, girl. I like it when you get real close and then hug me. Real huggy. Oh, oh I'm coming. Oh. Yeah. Damn, that's a... That's a real sensual kind of hug you're talking uh-huh. about. Here. I don't think I, I don't think I ever been hugged quite like that before. <laughs> Listen, you get if you haven't been hugged like that, you haven't been hugged, man. You got to go out there find wow. yourself a professional hugger. I think though, like next time, uh, you know, I, I need to like hurl a threat at somebody or try to like degrade them. I'm going to use that. I'm going right. to be like, yeah, well, I just seen you under the bleachers hugging your dad off, huh, jerk? <laughs> hugging your dad off. And it'll instantly disarm the person and end the <laughs> argument or conflict because they'll be like, what did you say? What does that mean? <laughs> you, I was hugging my dad off? What do you mean? Like, that would be incredibly disarming. It, right? it, listen, it, it's, it's disarmed me. I did not expect this at all. And I, I, no. I agree with you. It is a fucking genius plan for that. <laughs> For real. I don't even know how you'd get the fight back on track if somebody just accused you of doing that. <laughs> Under the possible. bleachers, no less. Under the bleachers. You're fucked, brother. If that happens, Damn. So if somebody says that, you just walk away. You lost. Just walk away. <laughs> just walk away. That's all you can do at that point. That's all you can do. Just go home and hug yourself off after that. <laughs> hugging myself off. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> 